Welcome to the Alcal a low carb ancestral living podcast. I'm your host Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy. Hi and welcome to Alcal a low carb ancestral living with Pim Johnson. Today I have Terry with me and she is a real horse whisperer and animal communicator and she also works with people who have communication disorders and she can actually help you find missing pets and other amazing things that we will talk about today. So welcome to the show, Terry. Thank you for having me. It was really it's really an honor to be here. Thank you. So when I first <clears throat> talked to you, I didn't really know where to start because all of this is completely incomprehensible to me and <laughs> you just told me that it's all physics <laughs> so unfortunately I'm more of a chemist yes. than a physicist but you did send me your book the cowgirl Sh- shaman way and I have read most of it and I still have a few pages left and I probably have a lot of practice left to do but if we just go back to the beginning because you didn't actually learn this from a book and I'm just wondering if you want to tell people who are listening or watching this how you discovered that you have these amazing abilities that you have. Well, I'm a really down-to-earth person, and I don't do woo-woo stuff at all. And when I was doing my horseback therapy program back in 1990, so it feels like you know centuries ago, when I was doing my horseback therapy program and I picked a child up out of his wheelchair, and I put him on the back of one of my horses and he looked at me and he said, ouch, I have a cramp in my hip. And I looked back at him and I said, you have a cramp? Well, here, sit this way. It'll take the cramp out. And he said, hey, you can hear me. And I said, well, of course I can hear you. It didn't dawn on me at the time that he was completely nonverbal. So we continued with our horseback therapy program. And he was talking with me to, about all kinds of things at school, like his little girlfriend and the school play and things that had nothing to do with horseback riding. Well, so when we do this, there's a gal leading the horse, and I'm next to the child, next to the horse, and and having them go through their routine. So she was hearing all of my responses to him while nothing was coming out of his mouth. So she knew something was going on. So I took him off the horse and, and put him in his wheelchair, and he went back to the classroom. And <laughs> she said, boy, he sure is talking great. And I said, well, he's very bright just because he has cerebral palsy doesn't necessarily mean that he has any intellectual disabilities. And she looked at me and she said, Terry, he didn't say a word. He can't remember. And I mean, if I was a horse, I would have done a buck fart snort. Because, you know, when they're spooked, they do all three of those things at one time. Anyway, I said, I know I heard him. She goes, I know you heard him. So I went into the classroom and they put a pointer on his head and he had typed out on his computer horse lady can hear me so then I had instant confirmation that I was actually hearing telepathic communication and then I stood there talking with him and realized that he wasn't saying anything out loud but I could hear him so when I went back outside I explained to the gal that was helping me what had happened and just very matter of fact she said well you ought to learn to communicate with the horses because all animals are telepathic and then wouldn't that make your program really safe? And I, like an idiot, I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So there were really no books about it at the time. 
None. So I was really just starting from scratch. And uh, it did work, though. I was able to hear the horses. And then I started doing all kinds of other animals. And then people would call me and they'd say, I need you to come to my place to do readings on my horse because. And then I would finish the sentence over the phone. And of course, my first thought was, oh, shoot, how am I going to get paid? You know, because if I don't show up, how am I going to get paid? And uh, but anyway, so then I was able to start doing it by phone and set up a website and started doing them all over the world. So if I can just take one step back. So you had been speaking to this boy. How did you transfer that skill yeah. over to horses? Was that just like you had already broken down the barrier and it was just really easy to do? Or did you have to teach yourself something to be able to do that? I think all you have to do is learn to listen in a different way. You know, it's just really important to know that it all happens in a nanosecond. And I think that's the only reason why people sometimes miss it is because as you're starting to form a question to, to a horse or, you know, even a nonverbal child, nonverbal children are a little bit better because they actually understand the rules of polite conversation. You know, I talk, I wait, you talk. And uh, but but animals, you'd only get like two words of a thought out and they've already responded. And I think that's why people miss it. So it's just really, really fast. So you, you start. To, it, it sounds like this mentally. Should, oh, what about? Oh, do. Oh, I mean, because they're mind readers. That's how they communicate with each other. So it just it just became easier and easier and easier. And then the other thing is you add in the other school, the other um, skills of medical and veterinary intuition. So if you get out of your own way and have no ego and no stake in the outcome, then you can hear guidance that says, look at his left knee or feel into his right hawk or, you know, those kinds of things, those pain issues that animals often have. Fascinating. So this might be a silly question, but have you ever had like a conversation with an animal like you would with a human? So if, let's say if I was talking to one of my dogs, then I would be like, how's your day been? Have you chased any birds today? How did that go? <laughs> that sort of thing. Usually if if they realize someone can hear them, they, they take it as an opportunity for real communication, important yeah. stuff. Um, but, but a lot of times animals will say, I can't find my, you know, fill in the blank as far as their favorite toy. Uh, cats, especially, they get those little, those little tiny furry mice, yep. you know, that the owners buy them. And they bat them everywhere. So they're always under some piece of furniture and they can't get into the furniture or find them. So I do get them complaining about that a lot. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Okay, so I know in the book you says that everyone is born with this ability. So why is it that we kind of, do we grow out of it? Do we forget about it? What What's the deal here? Why, why can't I do this? Or is it just that I don't listen? Well, I, I, I really believe that we're born with it. We're born with intuition, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, and claircognizance. We're all born with all of those abilities. And I think we turn them off in childhood because a well-meaning parent says either don't lie, you know, you're lying, or, oh, my goodness, you have an overactive imagination, and they discount what we're picking up on energetically and intuitively. They discount it. Hmm. And so we stop it. We just give up on it. 
So it's just a matter of turning it back on. Okay. So are there any people that cannot learn to do this? I think if you had cognitive problems, it might be difficult for you. But other than that, we're all born with intuition, clairvoyance, clairsentience, claircognizance, clairaudience. We all, and clair just means clear. So clairaudience, think auditory, clear hearing, clairvoyance, think of the third eye, you know, clear viewing or clear seeing. Um, claircognizance is clear knowing when we get those aha moments. And um, what did I forget? Clear, clear audience, clear hearing. I think I think I got them all now. <laughs> we just have to remember they're clear. And they're in the book. Yeah. They're in the book, so you'll get them. I've read them. And that's why I want to ask you, um, can, can you just give us some examples of why people will contact you and what you help people with when they do? It really runs the gamut. The only things that I will not do are police work because it's you're you're getting sucked into all that negativity and I don't like it. And then the other thing that I refuse to do <clears throat> are predictions. I mean, to me, predictions are totally unethical due to the law of attraction. Once I found out about the law of attraction years ago, um, I realized that if you do predictions for people, you can ruin it for them, whether it's positive or negative. If you see something negative and you tell them about it by them yelling, no, 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 I don't want that to happen. Their focus on it will bring it to them. So it'll actually make it happen. And, and, and conversely, if you see something really positive that they've been working really hard on, and you say, oh, yes, I see that for you. They might just go, well, I don't have to work at that anymore. Terry said it was going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. And then, you know, I'm the poop head, right? Yeah. And that's just like the um, the placebo effect. I mean, there are so many studies done on that. And, you know, sometimes placebo is better than a real pill because people believe that it's going to help them. Absolutely. That's Absolutely, Pam. It's, it's really like that. So are you ever wrong when you do these readings? Say are you again? ever wrong when you do these readings? Oh my goodness, yes. There's no, nobody's 100% right all the time. But the, the hardest ones for me is when I'm given wrong information for a client. I know it's wrong. And I am told by guidance, you must tell them this wrong information. And I just think, oh, goodness, really, really? I have to tell them the wrong information. And then I just go, oh, all right. And I tell them the wrong information. But a lot of times they'll get back to me a couple weeks later and they go, hey, Jerry, remember when you did that reading for me? Oh, yeah, you're the one I was told wrong information about. How'd that turn out? And they go, you knew it was wrong. And I go, yeah, I did. But I was told by guidance I needed to tell you that wrong information. Well, this wonderful thing happened because of that wrong information. I go, all right, that's good. So, do you, so it, it always turns out right. And, and questioning guidance is probably, you know, one of the hardest things for me. I think one of my books has to be entitled um, Arguing with My Guides because it happens all the time. So when you get this wrong information, you know that it's wrong, but you should be giving it to them. Do you ever think that the information is correct, yeah. but it's not? Um, that doesn't happen too often because it's not my information. I, I, I give whatever I'm 
I'm supposed to share. You know, I don't judge the information. I just get it and share yeah. it. And what my clients choose to do with it is up to them. Okay. So what would you say is the biggest challenge? Because I've even oh, given... Sorry. Go on. I've even given incredibly positive, wonderful guidance to clients, and they've ignored it. And they call me a few months later and go, oh, I'm really in trouble now. And I go, well, did you do what I said? Well, no. And they're like, why are you calling me then? You know, it's a waste of their money and my time. Yeah. So what would you say that the biggest challenge of this work is? For me or for others? For oh, for me, um, being in public, being out in public, I get inundated with information. And, you know, people will be pointed out to you, you know, like, oh, that one has breast cancer. Or, oh, that one's going to have a heart attack here. Or, um, you know, you're given information. It's like, I can't do anything about it. Why point it out? And most of the time, it's just so that I get a feel energetically for what is going on with that person. You know, so that I feel into it and go, oh, all right, I got that feel. So that's, it, it's just very difficult for me to be in public. Can't you turn it off somehow? Say Can't again? Can't you turn that off somehow? No, it's my problem, and I teach this in my book, is make sure you've got a good on and off switch. Because I don't have one. I'm on all the time. I really am. It's really funny, though. Um, I, I always have a, a Kindle on my phone. So if I ever get into situations where there's a lot of people and I'm having to wait or something, I start reading a book because that's like the only way I can distract myself. Because otherwise, I just start going around the room reading everybody. And it's like, my, that's a waste of time. You know, you know, it's not going to do any good, right? No, not really. <laughs> okay, so I'm, yeah. I know that you told me last time. I hope it's okay that I bring it up, that you want your own TV show. Ideally, what would it yes. look like and what sort of things would you do on this show if you got it? Well, I want to show people the diversity of this, that, that, that once you develop these abilities, there are no limits to it. And, and you know, people, there's a lot of medium shows on in the U.S. I don't know if you have them, you know, where you are, but... There's a lot of medium shows, and not only do you see them doing readings, but then you also see them doing other stuff in their life. I don't think people care about that. I think people want to see reading after reading after reading, and then the client's reaction. Like, oh, my goodness, there's no way she could have known that. And, um, you know, when I get it, I'm going to make sure that there is there are no questions asked about the people that I'm going to read ahead of time. Cause I've even heard about that, that, that um, a lot of the mediums that do this are prepped. That's just not even reasonable. I start every reading with how can I help? And we go from there. And, in it, and I'm always shocked at the information that comes through. My, my TV show should be called, I can't make this stuff up, but I want to use a different S word. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> Cause it, yeah, it's just too bizarre. It's too bizarre. It's too detailed. It's too specific to the individual. So, and I really just think this is what people want to see. This is what they want to know. Is this real? How are you doing it? How are you getting it? 
And then to see the reaction from the clients that, you know, where they're crying or they're laughing or they're having this healing going on within them because we've addressed something that's really bothered them. And, and now it's, they're healed just in that moment. They're healed. Wow. So can you tell us maybe a good story or two about things that you've done that have shocked people? Oh my goodness. There's just so many of them. I think there's so they're just, it happens every day, you know, six or seven times a day, sometimes even more. So I think um, the information I get from people that have passed, um, just the details and that they're all happy on the other side and that everybody goes to the other side right away. Um, I've had people that have had readings with others that were told horrible things. Oh, they're stuck. They haven't crossed over. And, you know, they, they're, they're actually trying to be bilked out of money. Like, well, for $5,000, $5, I can get them to the other side for you. And that's never necessary. It, it's horrible that there's people that prey on people that are grieving and, and do that. But um, when somebody dies, all their negativity gets shed off and left behind in the earthly realm. Only the positive stuff goes to the other side. But that negative energy is readable. You can still tune into that negative energy, and it looks like, feels like, and sounds like the deceased. So if you don't understand the physics of it, that it's just negative energy garbage left behind, you might assume that that is the person, and they are stuck, or they haven't crossed over. And, and it just does so much damage to my clients. I, do, I feel so bad for them. But um, just the, the details that come through. One time, um, it was my guides pointing something out to me. There's a commercial on TV for Kraft macaroni and cheese. I don't know if you have that in in, in um, where you are, but they're they're a blue box, right? So there's a commercial on TV, and I'm watching, you know, the blue boxes, and it's like I call it the golden finger because the golden finger goes poke 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 on the TV. And it'll go poke, poke, poke on my computer. And that means I'm supposed to pay attention to something. And so I thought, okay, it's macaroni and cheese. What's the big deal? So the next day I'm doing a reading for this gal. And she wants to talk to her boyfriend. And uh, he had passed. And he's dancing around the kitchen. And he's got a box in each hand. And it's a blue box. And, you know, and I did the forehead smack, like, oh, that's the macaroni and cheese. So I told her, I said, he's dancing around the kitchen, and he's got a box of macaroni and cheese in each hand. She bursts into tears, and she says, you could not have told me anything better or more valid. She said, that's the only thing he could cook for me, was macaroni and cheese. And any time I went over there, that's what he made me. So that was pretty specific, really specific. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. I can't. I really, I can't make this stuff up. No, it sounds like you would have pretty good Im imagination to do that. <laughs> Maybe you do. Well, I, I really think I just pay pay attention really well. You know, I re I really do. I try to listen when guidance is showing me something, and it, it makes no sense at the time. It makes no sense, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what the heck is this? All right, I'm looking at it. Okay, I got it, and then. You know, it it's it it shows up in a reading in the next day or two. It's pretty pretty remarkable how it how it does that. That's funny.
So if someone wants you to do a reading for them, where can they find you and how, how, how does that process work? Oh, the best way to get me is through my website, which is www.terryj.com, and it's T-E-R-R-I-J-A-Y.com. And I can do readings all over the world. Um, most of the time, if it's in a different country, we do it through Facebook audio or, or Skype or something like that, where neither one of us is going to have to foot the big bill for a phone call. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. So is there anything else that you want to share, Some something that you think people should maybe where to start or something that we need to think about when we want to do this work? I just really encourage people to get the books. You know, the, the first book is How to Do Everything That I Do, The Cowgirl Shaman Way, Seven Easy Steps to Develop Your Intuitive Ability. And then my new book, which I'm just so proud of, this is intuitive communication, and this is how to communicate with people that can't. And I've got all the different disabilities all the way around here, and there's even more inside. So even people that you think aren't aware or you think aren't connected or can't communicate, they're in there, and you can reach them. We have millions of people in the United States alone that cannot communicate due to a, um, a disability or an injury or an illness, and it's it's really sad. And this can teach anyone really how to do it. So I, I'm really proud of that book, and I, I hope a lot of people, caregivers, medical personnel, first responders, will really get it so that they have this ability to communicate with people that can. That would be awesome. Okay, thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. Yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you both before in the interview and during the interview. So just thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Pam. It's really been an honor. Thanks for listening to the LCAL podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.